We work hard, we play hard. We are gamerpreneurs. Individuals who have chosen to give up the security of a nine to five in favor of getting to set our own hours, of doing the work that we want to do, and we refuse to give up the hobby that we grew up with in order to quote, grow up. We have learned countless laws of life and sales from the games that we play, and we excel in everything we do. We see the wonder and glory in every interaction. We fit in awkwardly with the rest of the world because they don't understand our quirkiness, and we wear it as a badge of pride. We are focused, clear, and know what we want. We are gamerpreneurs, and we are taking over the world. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with you. We have John Donatio, aka Some Beardly to Love. Hey, John, <laughs> how's it going? What's going on, man? How are we doing? I am fast, fantastic. It's a beautiful day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? Uh, it's good. It's a little rainy here in New York, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, a little December. rain never hurt anybody, right? <laughs> That's true. At least it's not like a lot of snow. I don't mind snow, but at least it's not like a lot of snow. I understand. I lived in uh, Ohio right near the Great Lakes for a while. Oh, All that it. lake effect, it like just flowed your way. Yeah. So. Like eight feet of snow. <laughs> right. Uh, I hope I never see a snowflake again. <laughs> Hopefully in LA, you won't ever have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So John, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, well, as you said, uh, my name is John Donatio, aka Some Beardy to Love, and we are we like Queens. We um, <laughs> I me am, and all uh, my helpers. <laughs> yeah, me and all my helpers. Uh, no, I'm uh, the COO of a gaming magazine called GamingAccessWeekly.com. Uh, I'm a freelance writer for G Fuel Energy, and I uh, also have a podcast called The Party Up Podcast. Okay, wonderful. So, what are those? Okay, so Gaming Access Weekly is a news magazine that we do actually daily. It started weekly when it was first, in, uh, first created by my CEO, uh, Vanessa. Um, it started weekly, just like a weekly blog or whatever, and it blew up into now we have about 26 staff. Um, we have a couple of teams from social media to uh, a stream team that we recently just put on hold because we're, we're trying to get some more streamers to hang out with us. Uh, we do uh, daily news. We do um, editorials and reviews of games and stuff like that. Uh, G Fuel is an energy company. Uh, they do like, um, it's like a, an energy powder drink that you mix into water. And it's, um, and they, so they started doing uh, a blog that they have. And so I work freelance for them. Okay, wonderful. Uh, and the Party Up podcast is the podcast that I do with my friend Derek. Uh, we used to have another uh, girl on there, uh, Katie. Uh, she just recently left for, you know, personal reasons or whatever. But we're still doing the show. Uh, we're having a lot of more guests on and stuff. Maybe Doc, you can come on the show now. Uh, um, right. But yeah, we we do uh, anime movies, topics of interest, whatever. We do all kinds of stuff. Okay. Well, Very before I get to my like my standard question, I always ask one question at the beginning. Before I do get that, you, you brought up anime. Which Broly is the best? Best Broly. Oh, man. Uh, OG Broly is just like a complete animal. Um, I like that the new Super Broly kind of gave him more of a background story and more of like a, a personality almost. Um, but as far as power goes, I still really think OG Broly is the way to go. He just wrecked stuff. Just wrecked he just, it. Yeah, he's just like pure blind rage. Whereas, don't get me wrong, sort of the other one. 
uh, the, you know, the newer one, but there's something, there's something I feel like held back because of that personality, you know, with, with the old Brawley, I feel like there's no, there's no personality. There's no limiter. Yeah. yeah, It's just pure animalistic hatred. Okay. So my, my typical question, what I would normally ask, you know, here at the beginning, um, but I'm a nerd too, so I had to. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, ten being high, how weird are you, John? Oh, I guess it depends on who you ask. Uh, my therapist or no? I'm just, okay. Um, I think I'm about a six, seven, maybe. I guess on the weird scale. Now, why do you say that? I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people, and it's ranged from I'm three, I'm pretty much a normal human being, to I'm twelve. Uh, well, okay. So I, um, I try to, I, I don't really play like the baseline, you know, I'm not really the baseline guy, but at the same time, like I have a couple of different quirks, like I can't touch or smell ketchup. So that's kind of weird. I, uh, there, you know, little, little, little things that kind of raise the scale a little bit here and there. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like as, as nerddom and, and all that kind of stuff becomes more popular culture and more mainstream. Uh, I find myself a little bit less weird in the population, you know, like I could sit here and talk Star Wars or Dragon Ball Z or video games and everyone that I kind of come in contact with has some kind of, uh, you know, uh, relation to all of those things or one of those things. So it's, I feel like I'm less weird now than I was than I was in high school. You know what I mean? Yes. Thank you so much. Cause that's part of the, the mission of this podcast is to get gamers to realize they're not alone. Yeah, you're not isolated anymore. You're we're, we have people who are just like us, who grew up kind of just like us, who yeah. love the same things just like us, and we're not weird. No. Everybody else is the weird ones. They don't like that stuff. Yeah, don't don't be wrong. I think the the internet has made us uh, less weird because we're all on there. You know what I mean? Like well, that ketchup like, one. That's a little weird. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Like everyone has their own little quirks that makes them slightly weird or slightly boring or whatever it is. But sure, I, my best friend does not eat vegetables. Period. Like Does not eat vegetables. He, if Ooh. like a leaf of lettuce fell on his steak, he'd throw the steak away. <laughs> right? Oh that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, that, that raises him up to a six or seven too. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's unpack this. How did you first sure. get into um, Gaming Access Weekly? Okay. So about four and a half years ago, I, well, actually five years ago, I started f- uh, following Vanessa on Twitter. Um, she was part of, uh, that ga- the group of gamer girls, uh, that played a lot of like call of duty and halo. And they were like, they were called cadets or something. I, f- I forget what their name was. And I started following her through that. And, um, we became kind of friendly back and forth on Twitter. Um, and that's why I think Twitter's a, a really big thing also is you can, you can almost reach out to almost anyone in any industry and start to become friendly with them. And then things start to go from there. So I started becoming friendly with Vanessa and she put out an ad for, you know, they were looking for writers. Um, and I was like, well, I was an English major. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do, I love video games. I've been playing since I was, you know, four, you know, five. Uh, when, when the Nintendo came to the, to the U.S. for the first time, sure. I saw, I'm so old. Um, <laughs> your beard uh, begs to differ no that's yeah. <laughs> a luxurious luxurious looking thing there thank you thank you um yeah so like i uh i i was chatting with her and she said she was looking for writers so i i just shot out and i was like hey uh I, how do i apply i'd love to do this you know and she's like go to the website and fill it out and we'll chat you know 
So I went out and filled out my application. Not even 24 hours later, I get an email from her saying, we'd love to chat with you. Your resume looks great, blah, 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 whatever. Um, giving a, uh, and, and so they, they sort of, uh, from there, I just started as like a basic news jockey. I was, I was a dog walker at the time. I'd, I'd spend a couple of hours writing two or three articles in the middle of my day, and then I'd go on. And I was there every day, and I hustled like crazy. And then it just, from there, I went from, uh, you know, writer to editor, and then editor to um, um, ma managing editor. And then from managing editor, I went to COO. So it was like a very gradual step up. Um, but yeah, I just worked, worked my butt off. What's the, uh, what's the transition been like for you? So you started as an English major, which means you like to write. Right. I hope you like to write. Being an uh, English yes. Major. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Either that you like to read one of the two. Well, both actually. Yeah. <laughs> so you started out liking to write. So you got a writing job, which is awesome. Yes. Fantastic. And that turned into a reviewing other people's writing job, which turned yes. into reviewing the editor's work who reviewed the work. Right. And now you yep. just oversee the puppets. Uh, yeah, but uh, with Gaming Access Weekly, we're we're still sort of a, a small team. So I do very much. I'll, I still write a lot. Uh, I'll do news articles. I'll do editorials or reviews or something like that, um, just to kind of keep, not keep face. That's like that's like the wrong term. I, I think it's just to um, to kind of be like, hey, look, I'm not asking you to do anything that I wouldn't do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that's not a, just... That's a leader as opposed to a boss. Right, right exactly. Like, I'm not your boss. I, I, I want to do this with you. I want to teach you guys how to become and, and put all this stuff into your resumes. Like, I want to show you how to edit. I want to show you how to write. I want to show you the, the logistics and all that stuff. You know, like, I'm very much a teacher at heart. And so I think that helped me a lot. Okay, but going back to my question, what for you personally, what's that transition been like hmm. going from just... I don't want to say just a writer, but being a writer to now being a COO. Uh, with, with, with gaming access weekly, I, f I feel like it, it wasn't a very, well, for me, it wasn't a hard transition because I really did work as hard as possible. And I think things started to kind of, we had, a, we had somebody leave as an editor. So I kind of jumped at the chance. I was like, Hey, if you need another editor, you know, I, I'm an English major, blah, 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 whatever. Maybe I can help out, you know, just to, you know, whatever. And Vanessa was like, yeah, it's a great idea. Why don't you join the editing team and you can still write and you can edit and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, great. Uh, and then the same thing, managing editor had left and I just jumped at the chance. I was like, I've been editing for a little while for you guys. Like, you know, I could do it, you know, like there was nobody ahead of me. So I was like, screw it. You know, like, let me just, let me just ask instead of trying to go out and find somebody new, you know? So these things um, never came to you. Like you actually, you, the opportunity presented itself and you just had the initiative to go for it. Right, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's kind of uh, what I think a lot of people forget that they can do. You know, uh, your, your talents and your worth are what you show people. You know, like when, when, it comes, when it comes to what you can do, the only way people are going to know what you can do is to show them. So the, the more chances that you have to do that, do it. You know, if it's a volunteer based job or whatever, like just work as hard as possible because it looks like, look, this is what he does when it's volunteer. What if we hired this guy? You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Absolutely. Fantastic. And COO, I'm assuming that essentially an opening and then you jump for it. Uh, yeah. So we were out almost six months without a COO and Vanessa was having to do 
a lot of that stuff. And she was trying to find like more of the business side. And she's like, I need somebody to work the day to day. And I was like, well, I've been here for a year. I know the day to day, you know, like I am the day to day. <laughs> let me, let me just run the day to day. And she was like, yeah, okay. You're kind of like my number two around here anyway. So yeah, it, it ended up working out. So very when, when cool. That, Okay, so I, I want to know, how did you take um, these various passions of yours? You had gaming and you had writing. I'm assuming gaming before you became a gaming oh, writer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> I should have asked that. But <laughs> you, you loved gaming, you, you loved writing, and you were able to marry the two together. And how has that been for you? Uh, well, at first it was really hard because I had, I had tried um, the fiction side of things. And... I, I still dabble with it. I still have a portfolio that I'm working on for as far as fiction writing goes. Um, and I have my idea for a game that I want to make, but um, I, um, it was sort of trial and error because I, I was like, Oh, maybe my ideas aren't good enough to be uh, a game writer. Why don't I try the other side? You know, like, why don't I try the journalistic side? Um, and uh, that, I feel like that was, that was kind of where I went from there. You know, like I, I took the passion that I had, like, I wasn't really, a, you know, I listened to the news and everybody, blah, 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 whatever. I was like, but there's a huge side to video game news that like everybody craves and needs, you know? So I was like, there's gotta be a, a, an outlet for this. And obviously, you know, like you see things like Game Informer and VG 24 seven, you know, all these big magazines. So it's like, there's gotta be real video game press. That has to be a thing. And I, I found it. <laughs> Absolutely. I um just this morning I got interviewed by a sports psychologist, um, my wife and I, and it's amazing. Even on like a totally different industry, they recognize how big esports is going to be. Yeah. Like no one's touching it, but they know it's there, and they know it's going to be this giant behemoth in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And I think video games are just so well positioned in society that that's so true on every front. Yeah, I actually started with G Fuel Energy, their blog. I started as their esports writer. Um, actually, before them, I, I worked for a company called Stream.me. Um, and then after them, I actually had a YouTube show that is probably still on there. Um, and it was called The Wide World of Games. And it was an esports highlight show. And you can absolutely find it. It's ridiculous. But um, we, had a, we had a great time doing it. And uh, it was me and, my, me and my friend Katie. We had a ball. And um, we really got to see how the esports scene had exploded. And yet, while major sports uh, outlets don't really cover it, you're starting to see it. ESPN.com has an esports section. And, uh, you know, dot, you know, uh, whatever it's called, has, uh, you know, uh, uh, an esports section now. And, like, everyone's starting to, to dabble with it. And, it, you know, I'm actually wearing a, an ESL uh, sweater right now, you know, like, yeah. It is, it is becoming a, a very big and amazing thing and it's, it's blowing up and especially in the last year or so, it has exploded. So it's really great to see. I love it. Uh, me too, because I'm a huge gamer. I love watching. Yeah. It doesn't really matter which game it is because yeah. it's all about the skill. Yeah, when you're watching, absolutely. there's no way I could play like these guys are doing. But no, like I don't like Fortnite. I can't, I can't play Fortnite. I don't like Fortnite, but I watch, I watch these kids. I go, there's no way I could ever play like that. 
And I've been playing games for over 30 years and that makes me feel like a loser. <laughs> I, I understand, you know, you put me in a room with somebody, I could be Jigglypuff on Smash Brothers. I might pull through, but, right. <laughs> but against these guys, there's no chance. Yeah. Like I still play Halo and Call of Duty and Overwatch and Smite and I'm, I'm good, but I'm, I'm not like these kids. These kids are incredible. I, I, my hat's off to all these kids. They're, they're amazing. So uh, let's, uh, let's pull back for a second. Uh, sure. I want to know your gaming cred. You said you've been playing for a long time. You honestly you don't sound that old. I'm, well, I'm 33, so. I'm, I'm 37. And yeah, it's only like four years older than me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got a doctor in your name. I'm just a, I don't know. I'm just a COO, I guess. I don't know. And that's pretty prestigious. Don't you tell yourself sport now. All right, all right. Maybe, yeah, sure. I, tr I really try <laughs> to impress upon my guests. No, you are important. You are special. Well, thank you. <laughs> so when did it first start? Dad brought home a Nintendo, the NES system, the, new, the Nintendo Entertainment System um, back in 1985. I was four and a half. Uh, my brother had just kind of been born and my dad started playing Legend of Zelda. And um, right then and there, just watching him all those years ago, I became a, a lifelong fan of video games. Um, and I started to dabble as I got a little older and started could actually move a, with a controller and stuff like that. Um, that Goomba got like, you a lot, right? That first one. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I started playing Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt because it came together. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I wasn't allowed to play Legend of Zelda until my dad beat it. And it took him a long time because of, you know, work and all that other stuff. And um, he was actually like a very meticulous guy. He actually drew the original like maps of the castles. Mm -hmm. So he would like, and he'd draw them out every, every secret, every door he went into. Um, and it was way before player's guides. So when I got, oh, yeah, to the instruction Zelda, manual came with a map, but it wasn't even fully filled in. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got to play a legend of Zelda for the very first time, when I was six years old, uh, I had maps, I had maps of all the dungeons. <laughs> I felt like I was cheating, but I didn't care. I had a blast. Um, yeah, so back even back then, Mario, Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda was like. So that, that raises a really cool question. Um, as a gaming writer, you know, you you first learned how to play games with really kind of without, a, without the guide rails. Yeah. And nowadays, you can't swing a cat online without somebody explaining how to do everything. Uh, yeah. So a lot of a lot of the games now they give you those those really big intros, and I've and I've seen a lot of things lately on Twitter where people talk about the rewind button on the switch um they, a lot of the old games come with a rewind button now so like all the old games that we played as kids have a rewind button and people are like if you use the rewind button at all you didn't even beat this game and it's like you know what shut up let these kids have fun we were tortured back then those games sucked like they were they awful. Really did. ninja gun like, looked awful <laughs> yeah they gave us such anxiety because it was like you could like it was the worst it was torture you know what? If I had a rewind button for every little mistake that I could make, yes, give me that rewind button. I'll go back and play those games with a rewind button, you know? Like, get out of here with that gatekeeping crap, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, let me ask this. Sure. In your career, um, you, were, uh, you started out as a writer for mm -hmm. Gaming Access Weekly. At what point did you decide, like, this is it for me? I, I really want to go to the distance here. Uh, about four or five months in, um, we all decided we were going to go to PAX South, which is in Texas. 
Um, it was my, my sort of my first real vacation for myself. I know that sounds crazy at like 30 something years old, but like, I was like kind of excited. It was like my first real adventure out into another big state. Like, I, yeah, obviously done family vacations in Florida and what have you, whatever. But like, this was like the first place that, that I was going for myself to be with friends that I made through the internet. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that the weirdest thing? The first time you meet them and they're the same person, you know? Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) so it's like, we, we all rented, uh, a, um, an Airbnb together. Uh, we were like, you know, 10 minutes from the convention center and, uh, we spent all weekends and we all just like fell in love with each other. We were just like, this is the, I, I can't imagine a better time with any of these people. And I, and, and even the people that have already left, I am still lifelong friends with from, I know it, you know, like, we just, we just connected so well that weekend. And, and uh, when we got into the convention and I was doing interviews and everything, and I was just like, I don't ever want to do anything ever again. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I will find any way that I can do this to do this. This is what I want to do. Okay. Now, uh, here's a, an interesting one. How do you balance gaming in your life now? Your personal <laughs> gaming as opposed to business gaming? You don't. I mean, you do, but you don't. You know, like my, my business gaming um, matches very well with my personal gaming. Um, I review the games that I want to review because I can make that choice as a COO. Um, uh, whether I have to go buy it or we get a code or whatever it is. Um, and then like even with, with the freelancing with G Fuel, I'll ask for the games that I want to do. No one's ever been like, hey, do you want to review this game? Blah, 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 whatever. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. But, um, uh, and, I, and then when I, when I occasionally stream, I play games that I want to play. You know, I don't, I don't play games just because they're popular. Um, I play games because I, I like them and I enjoy them. And so I want to share that enjoyment with an audience, you know. Um, but then when I play with my buddies, it's like, you know, some weekend gaming or, you know, if there's not like, like during, just before Christmas, there's like no games that come out, you know? So like, I was just kind of like, I'm going to go through my backlog or I'm going to play some games with my buddies, you know, like, um, you know, or if I get a code, I'll buy a, one of my friends a game, you know, so I could play with them, you know, like, so I have like, you know, whatever. Um, I try and keep personal mixed with business with video games nothing else you can't mix anything else with pleasure (laughs) well you're in a unique position to be able to do so right exactly yeah i i don't know how my my business clients would feel like let's let's bust out final fantasy 10 real quick and like discuss (laughs) (laughs) hey want to jump on dead for dead by daylight before we play uh before we talk about this merger you know right (laughs) um i had a question i totally forgot (laughs) um What's your favorite game of all time? You, you're oh, a lifelong yeah. gamer. What's what's the number one for you? Um, like, oh man. Uh, usually my I think my hands down my I, I have two of them that are my all time favorites. Um, one of them is Super Metroid for the SNES. Classic. Uh, just one of my all time favorite, even just Metroid games in general, but um, definitely one of my favorites uh near automata uh i got you know over a couple of hundred hours in that um and i and i love it and i want more and they they teased another one and and um uh, the uh the director um 
Toko Mora or Tara. I forget what his name is, but he's like, I'm doing a new IP. I'm like ready for it. Um, Skyrim and Oblivion, the Elder Scrolls series. And then I think my all-time favorite is uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Good choice. That's a yes. good one. Definitely that really like set the time. standard for that game because the first really few did. were just okay. They're okay. Yeah, they were fine. You know, like I remember playing Simon's Quest as a kid and, you know, having a blast. And, and Castlevania 4 for Super Nintendo is great, you know. Um, but uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night was probably, yeah, my, my all-time favorite game of all time. I've beaten that game a million times and... I just I continue to play it. Everything that it comes out on, I buy it. I bought it for Steam. I bought it for Xbox 360. I bought it for PlayStation. How many copies of the same game can you own? Well, yeah, that's, I hear my that's wife yelling in the background. <laughs> 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 I own like six versions of Final Fantasy VII. I get it. <laughs> I have like three three versions of Skyrim. So like you know, I get it. I get yeah, it. you got the Game of the Year edition. You got yeah, one well, came out of 360. Switch came version. out on, <laughs> yeah, it came out on Xbox One X. I have the Wii, you know, Switch version. I have the PC version. I'm like, all right, enough, enough of this. All right. So this is the Gamerpreneur and I really want to focus on helping people who are listening to be able to follow in your footsteps. Okay. So what, what unique skills do you think you've had that have helped you be successful? I, th I think a, a part of my, my success, it's so weird to say out loud. Um, I guess a part of it is, is really being able to have a conversation with someone because that's all interviewing is. Interviewing, if, if you're doing it right, is a conversation with another person about something that you both enjoy um, or something you want to know more about, which is what a podcast is. What we're doing right now mm -hmm. is basically that interview form. If you can have a conversation with somebody, you can do what I do. Um, if you can- and That's not hard. Like I, I write the questions in advance and send it to people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and like, and even then, like, if even if you could do it on the fly, that's great too. Yeah. You know, like being able to do it on the fly is, it will help you a little bit more in case something goes wrong or there's a hiccup. Yeah, we haven't followed the script at all this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right? Um, but, uh, but even like, like interviewing an esports person is extremely hard to do because those kids don't know how to talk to people. And that's okay because they've been playing their whole life playing video games to get as good as they are. And that's all right. But they are very hard to interview because you have to pull out words from them. So sometimes acting on the fly and being able to interview someone like that, um, uh, you know, as fast as possible, uh, you can get more information out of them and, and stuff like that. But like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're just interviewing a sports star where it's like, Oh, we just, you know, we tried to score more points than the opponent team, you know, like stuff like that. So it's like, Oh, absolutely. No, that's wonderful advice. You know, interpersonal communications. Yeah. Um, what would you say the best interview you've had is? Mm. Um, I've, I've interviewed a couple of uh, some game devs that I ended up really, really enjoying. And we're, we're actually still friends to this day. Um, one of the guys who created uh, Sleep, Sleep Tight, it was a uh, for the Nintendo Switch, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it was for the Nintendo Switch. Um, this guy, uh, Banks, his name's Banks, and it's a great name. And we just connected like crazy, and we just like had a blast, and the interview was awesome. Um, another, another woman, uh, Kim Oam, who uh, made uh, Hand of Fate and Hand of Fate 2. Uh, actually, when, I, when we were interviewing, and I was reading, I was playing the game while I was interviewing her, actually, which was 
a very tough, difficult task. I actually had somebody holding the, the like the recorder, so I had something to go back to later. Um, and Kim was like, "You're you're doing really well with this." And I was like reading. She's like, "Man, she's like, I wish I found you for like our voiceover when we were when we were doing this, you know, when we were doing the game and stuff." Um, potential another career field for you yeah right actually it was something a long time goal that's my that's my new long time goal is voice actor but um i uh yeah so so those two in general really stick out in my head as as some of my favorite um interviews and i've and i've made a lot of really close contacts with people from bandai and people from perfect world just because uh you know the interviews went really well and um i think of a guy named uh dimitri at, at bandai namco uh, I interviewed him for um, Code Vein, and uh, we became we became like instant friends. Uh, I played the Dragon Ball Z Kakarot with him, and he was like, "Oh man," and he's like, "Oh, dude, it's so good. I can't oh, wait. I can't, I can't wait. wait. <laughs> it's it's like being a child again and watching it for the very first time. I'm just that's all I'm gonna say because it's so good. I it is on my wish list. Yeah, I think my wife is allowing me to have it. I'm just not allowed to play around the toddler. January 17th, keep it marked in your calendars. It is. <laughs> uh, now, what, um, what advice would you have for somebody who's looking to, we'll say, follow your footsteps, who wants to get into game journalism? Uh, how would you say, like, what's the first thing they need to do? Um, first, uh, open up a Google Sheet or a Word doc or whatever and, and start writing on your own. Start writing little articles here and there um, just so you can get like the wording down on how journalism works because it's very different than creative writing. You can have a voice, but it has to be factual. So, you know, when, when you come in, like I think a lot of people that have been reading gaming access weekly articles for a long time now kind of hear my voice in a lot of my articles. They know my personality and stuff like that. So they see the way I write and, and everyone has their own like, writers from like, uh, you know, different, different places. Like there's a lot of Kotaku uh, writers that people know and love. And there's a lot of uh, VG 24 seven people that people know and love. And, you know, you think of people like Yahtzee uh, and you think about all these guys and they have their own personality and that's, and that's okay to have in, in journalistic writing, but it's more factual. It's more, here's the facts. These are some background tips about what's going on up at top and, and kind of learning the structure that way. And then when you apply to, you know, different magazines or, or mine or any, any of them on, online um, or in print, uh, you actually have something to send them. So if you have no experience necessarily already in the industry and you want to break in, it's also really good to try and find smaller blogs. Like Gaming Access Weekly was a smaller blog. We've now gotten to that medium level, which is nice. Um, but it started off as a, a smaller blog, you know, it was a small team with a small staff and stuff. Okay. So it really sounds like your, your advice is to develop a portfolio in advance. Yeah. I mean, it's, it makes it easier. So when they say, do you have any experience? And you go, well, I've written these articles, blah, blah, blah. They're not necessarily for anyone, but at least. <laughs> Everybody's got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> you, have, you have something to show. You know what I mean? Like it's not just, yeah, okay, these weren't published and no one, you know, bought them or anything or whatever it is, but I I am willing to learn and I can show you what I've done on my own so far. At least to me. Okay. That's beautiful advice. No, seriously. Like having to start somewhere, everybody starts somewhere. Exactly. No one needs to be afraid of starting because everybody's done it. Right. 
Like when you yeah. got your first writing job, did you honestly know whether you were going to get it or not? Or was it like... Yeah, with, with Gaming Access Weekly, I really had no idea because I didn't have any journalistic writing. I only showed them like a couple of like college papers I wrote. You know what I mean? Like that was all I had. So if I... But if I had come in with... Uh, I, I mean, I got lucky because I guess they just needed somebody. But um, I, if I had come in or went to another, you know, another magazine that might have been, you know, whatever... Um, maybe I would have had to show them that stuff and I didn't have it. So to me, if somebody came in with an email, you know, with an application in the email that said, Hey, I've, you know, I've never worked in journalism. I'm willing to try, you know, the cover letter or whatever. And here attached are a couple of articles that I've written. This is what I can do. This is how I write. What do you think? You know, and then see where it goes from there. You're wonderful. Yeah. Now looking back on your long storied career, <laughs> um, what advice would you have for yourself if you could go back in time and talk to, to little John just a few years ago, first starting out, what would you say in order to, you know, kind of make it go quicker? Um, I would, I would say that, I mean, if I'm going back in time and I'm telling my, if I'm telling myself, uh, you know, definitely stick with the gaming. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Gaming is going to be in a, on a, a billion dollar industry. You know what I mean? Like, if I was going to go back and tell myself anything, it would be don't, don't stray from your goals. Don't stray from the things that you love and want to do. It doesn't matter because like I started off in college as um, actually as a psychology major. And then I switched over to English because I wanted to do literature and blah, blah, blah. And then everyone's like, why don't you become a teacher? Teachers make money and blah, 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 whatever. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I, I didn't want to do that. But it was, you know, it was my backup. So I went as a teacher. And um, I, I wish I had not listened to anyone and just done the English part and the art part and the things that I wanted to do. And if I had followed that and followed my heart and dreams, I probably could have hit this a lot earlier than 32 starting. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been a lot, a lot quicker. That's fantastic. That's wonderful advice. Thank you. That's, you know, follow your passion, follow your bliss from the beginning. Don't, don't yeah. wait for it. Yeah. Do okay. not wait for it. You know, a lot of these kids now, like they're out there and they're, and they're doing that gaming hustle and that's awesome. Don't, don't give up, you know, like do what your heart desires because you could be great at what you're doing. You know, sure. don't give up on that. Okay. Now I want to humble you a little bit if it's okay. Okay. All right. I, I ask everybody, you know, a couple of questions just because I, I show them, you know, where you're at and how wonderful it is to be there, you know, but what's something that you failed at John in your life? Uh, this sounds so dark, um, <laughs> but I, I think I've, uh, there, was a, there was a period of time where I, uh, I failed myself, I guess. Um, I failed at being the person that I wanted to, wanted to be. You know, I, um, I, li I listened to too many people. I was too scared to take chances, and I went for a lot of safe options. And um, it's not really who I am. You know, I, I like to take risks. I like to try my hardest at something um, that I love. Um, I feel like that I, I wasted so much time and energy doing something that other people wanted. And I didn't, I didn't do it well because I didn't want to do it. And so I, yeah, one of those things was teaching. I, I just, I think I, I failed at being all that I could be rather than what I, I want to dig into this a little bit. Um, sure. 
what did it like what did it actually feel like living the life you know you didn't want because i want people to be able to recognize kind of the symptoms um i th- i think it was it, it, it's going through life um in this very like shocked over feeling it's i'm doing this because i have to not because i want to it's waking up every day and telling yourself I want, I need, I need to go to work or I need to do this because that's what is expected of me. You know what I mean? Like, um, you don't feel that now. No, no, I don't. And I, and I, it's, it's, it's completely freeing. Yeah. My, my day job that isn't all of the writing and all the other stuff. And it's the, the nine to five grueling crap that I do because I have to, to pay bills. Sure. Yes, Absolutely. I still make money other ways in the things that I love um, in streaming and with game, you know, gaming access weekly and with G fuel. Um, but it's not enough. So I have to have that nine to five and eventually that will go away and I can do the things that I love. But uh, when I this get, this is all do- on the side. Like yeah. you actually have a day job. What, what do you I do have a day, day job? job? Uh, as a day job, um, I, uh, I fix and work on, um, uh, like fryers in restaurants. Okay. Uh, I've been doing a lot more office work lately because I don't like being in the field. Um, but yeah, I, so now I'm like the parts orderer guy and also sometimes have to go into the field. Um, it's completely separate, unrelated. I fell into it because I needed a job and my buddy ran the company. So he was like, hey, you want to work for me? And I was like, sure. Okay. Another important lesson, you know, connections get you places. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 people say it's all, you know, it's who you know, not what you know. That's right. And, and in a lot okay. of cases, it is true. Make friends. I don't care how much you like to be alone. Make friends because you never know. Yeah, even if you're not a good friend. I mean, as long as they yeah, think you're just, a good friend. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you can fake it till you make it. You know okay, I mean. um, how about this? I'm humbling you just a little further. Sure. What is something you're currently not good at? <laughs> like so much <laughs> um i mean i can't ride a unicycle um uh, i can't juggle um i don't do math well um now there's a lot of things i guess i'm not good at okay uh, so what, you're not a what Superman. specifically no what specifically do you mean no no i i'm, I'm asking the question because i want people to realize that people who have success in life are not superman it's, they're not everywhere at all times. It's they have a very narrow focus and they you're usually suck at everything else. Yeah, I, it's funny because I, um, as much as I'm, I'm good in person and in video and blah, blah, blah with like interviews and stuff, I am terrible on the phone. I do not oh, yeah. like phone me, calls. You, you and me both, brother. Yeah. Like, me just, I'll do this all day long. Get me in yeah. front of me, like a Zoom camera. I can do it. Just on yeah. the phone. Oh. And don't get me wrong. There are people on, with with the phone I am very well with, you know, like there, there, I have friends and, and like some of my family that I'm okay with the phone. Obviously it's, it, that's easy, but I'm talking about complete strangers or, you know, whatever. Like, even if I have, they call, they call in for like a phone interview. Oh, I, I bomb those. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to do with my phone. <laughs> I suck on the phone. I don't know what to do. All right. So, uh, you can you can be quite successful COO of a, a company, <laughs> not want to pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Don't call me if I don't know you. I have no idea. Do you think that's a generational it. thing? Do you think that's that's our generation? Um, 
Yeah, in a way, I think that we because we've become so used to texting um, and, and being on Twitter and Facebook and being able to type everything we want to say in emails and what have you, I think the phone has just become obsolete. Sure. Video chat is easier. They say, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm having a face-to-face conversation with you. Yeah, and we're in, and we're in completely different states. You know, like when you're when you're face to face with somebody, it, it's a lot easier to talk to someone because you can see their facial expressions, you can hear the tone of voice. Um, a phone call is aggravating. You have no idea. You know, don't get me wrong. Yes, you lose you lose context in text and and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I, I don't know. I think a phone call is just weird. I think holding a phone up to your head is, is weird. So they've done studies on communication. And they found that the words you use only account for 5% of what's actually being conveyed. The next 15% is the tone of your voice. And the remaining 80% is the body language that you use. So I think it's, we can't stand being on the phone because we're so used to really reading somebody that we can't do it on the phone. It throws us off. Also, you get that weird, like, Krelbo sweat. I hate that. <laughs> I just hate that. <laughs> okay. Um, tell me about your stream a little bit. We have a little bit of time. Uh, okay, sure, yeah. Um, I, I play games that I, that I like to play. Uh, I know a lot of people play games that, that are popular, and that's okay, too. That's how you get popular. You play popular games. People jump into your stream, whatever. Um, I, don't, I don't pander to anyone but myself. You don't like my game? Bye. <laughs> You know, you could go watch someone else. I don't care. Um, I play things like Dead by Daylight. I'll play Overwatch. I'll play Battlefront 2, um, which the I know. The original people, or the new one? The new one. I, I enjoy the new one. I Don't be wrong. I like the old one too. But the, but the new one to me, after EA corrected themselves, it became a, a totally different game, totally different monster, and I love it. Um, big Star Wars fan. So, um, so I'll play, and then I'll play a bunch of like indie games that I like um, because, because I've become friends with a lot of devs and I like to play their games. I like to show them off. I, like, I want people to see some of the games they're missing because they only play AAA games. A lot of indie games are fantastic. Um, and there's a lot of heart, a lot of soul, a lot of blood and sweat and tears that go into that. And not that AAA games don't have that, but they have scores of people working there. And it's a little different. Uh, with an indie crowd, uh, an indie game, sometimes it's just one person, you know? So like they wrote, they directed, they animated, they did everything, the music, all of it. It's all theirs. Um, or they have a small team, which is still, it's just theirs, you know? Like, yeah, if I work for Bandai Namco and I'm, an, I'm a designer, sure, some of those characters or whatever are my design and no one can take that away from me. But with an indie developer, that whole game is yours, I know I get it that's the way I think of it it's a big mountain to climb too because like you said you have to fill all those different roles and it's not just developing the game you got to figure out how to sell the game yep and And you got to do that from the very beginning if you don't think about that from the start it's never going to sell it's hard to do and especially if you don't have the money for a PR agency that is hard to do you got to you got to hustle you got to go to the game conventions you got to show it off it's hard okay it's a hard life it is so um what is the gaming journalism community like? So you, you're kind of deep in it. What is it like to be part of that crowd? What are the other people like? They are all great people. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, no, they, they really are really good people. If you go to any convention <clears throat> um, and, you, and you kind of sit down in the press room, 
everyone sits with their own little groups, but everyone is very friendly. You know, like everybody is, because you're all doing something, one, that you love and share a passion for and all that stuff. And yes, the publications are very different. And obviously like, I'm sure a New York Times uh, guy walks into a crowd like his shit doesn't stink, you know? And like, you know, where is, you know, and like, you know, the, the, the corner store uh, journalism guy, you know, like, you know, tries to, is very meek and humble or whatever, but, and that way they're different. Um, but for the most part, if you were to sit down with any video game journalism writer, for the most part, they are pleasant. Um, they understand um, that not everybody is in the same place, but everyone's doing the same thing. You know, no one's, no one's out to bite each other's heads off. It's not who can get the fresh scoop. You know what I mean? Like okay. everybody kind of shares information for the most part, not, not everything. Obviously, if you've got a fresh scoop, you want to be the first people to, you know, get it out on, on the scene. But, you know, if, if uh, you get an interview with Hideo Kojima, you, you want to be the first people to get that out there, you know? Right. Like, Death Stranding 2. Oh, oh, my God. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> oh, I got, a, I got a story that I, I'll tell you off the air about him. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll ask a different question. Um, sure. What is something that you see going or that people are doing wrong in the gaming journalism field? What is, what's something that you, you don't quite like about where the industry is going? There, I think there are two things specifically that, that very much annoy me as, as, a, as a journalist and even as a gamer in general. Um, one is the toxic bullshit. Um, anytime someone goes in and goes, I like this game, someone immediately has to come out and say, that game sucked balls. Like, I, what is the point of that? Like, why do you have to do that to someone? Let them enjoy something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, okay, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't care for the game. Shut up. Let that person enjoy it. And then you have your own blog where you say, I didn't like this game. You know what I mean? Like, sure. don't, don't, you know, comment or, or, or be specifically mean to someone who happened to like, you know, I don't know, Fortnite. I'm just using that as an example because it's like the biggest, you know, game that people go crazy about. You know, that now, sucks. Before you get to your second point, I do want to say, I absolutely love when people do that to me. I love it when they hate on me and they're toxic with me because all that means is I got an extra comment or maybe a retweet. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Another post. It makes my numbers look better. What do I care? Yeah. No one ever actually reads the comments. No, and I get it. But it's only, it's only frustrating when I see it with like, okay, let's, let's say, um, uh, you know, a 12-year-old kid gets up there and goes, I like Fortnite. Okay. Fort, Fortnite is a lot of fun for me. And then some jackass who's 35 goes on there and goes, that game sucks balls. What, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. go, go home. You're not allowed to internet anymore. Like you've lost your privileges, you know? Well, Penny Arcade had the, uh, the online anonymity theory. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, uh, yeah. that's how it works. Bare, We've known yeah. it for a decade. Yeah. Penny, Penny Arcade, ago. Penny Arcade uh, all, um, control, alt, delete, uh, red versus blue. They always had like, this is how the gaming community is. And it's, and we've had it forever. And it's, but it's like, enough is enough. You know, like, don't, don't get crazy. So what? A 12 year old kid likes Fortnite. Shut up. Sure. You know, what like, was your, your second point? My second point is gatekeeping. I hate gatekeeping. I, I think. In what respect? I, um, 
okay, so for example, there was there was a thing on Twitter just recently with uh, cosplay. Okay, um, we'll just use cosplay as an example right now, since it's the nerd universe. Right. Um, a woman of color dressed up as Goku, who is one of my favorite characters, um, and nailed uh, a, an amazing cosplay, right? And someone came in and had this whole opinion on how she's not Goku and she's, she's a woman of color and therefore can't be Goku and blah, 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 blah. And you look like a hoe and all this other stuff, right? And I flipped my lid. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not green. Does that mean I can't dress up as Piccolo? I don't understand what you're, you know, like- I mean, if that Hollywood is- can cast a white woman as the Sorcerer Supreme and Doctor Strange, I mean, yeah, like, don't, like, just because you're a fan of something doesn't give you the right to shit on somebody else's view of that fandom. You know what I mean? Like, if, 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 a, if a woman of color or a man of color wants to dress up as a white character, because guess what? There aren't a lot of amazing heroes of color. They are, they grew up with the same heroes we did. They grew up with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. None of them are are people of color, except unless you you know you count uh, Alan from the Superman uh, Man, Man of Steel, you know that guy, right? Uh, you know, but but again, like it it doesn't matter the color of your skin or 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 gender or sexual preferences or whatever. If you want to make a character uh, of your of yourself, again, this is just cosplay in general. Um, do it, go for it. You want a gender bend, you want a race bend, whatever it is. Enjoy the character as you see them. If you need to see yourself as Goku, so, you know, like that's your love of that character. No one else can tell you that you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely wonderful advice. Just yeah, like, be. yeah, just just be you, and and that love for your character because that's your favorite character or whatever. You know, maybe maybe it's not your favorite, but that's the way you wanted to dress. Whatever. Like, if I if I could dress as Vegeta every day, I would. You know what I mean? Like, if I if I. Uh, if I want to short for my taste. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I actually just got uh, a Vegeta tattoo. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that. <laughs> that forced perspective. I don't know. It's, uh... anyway. Oh yeah, I'm a big 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 Dragon Ball fan. Um but yeah, but that's the kind of stuff I mean. Like don't don't gatekeep for somebody. Like just because they're not the same race as the character doesn't mean they have any less love for that character. Okay, wonderful. This has been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much, John. Now, yeah, no I'm, I'm not wrapping up yet. I have a couple more questions, but sure. um, how do people find you? Where, where are you at on social media? What's the best ways to get in touch with you? Uh, honestly, this is why I kept social media easy. Um, you could find me literally on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Mixer, uh, anything at somebeardy2love. And that's the number two not spelled out. Okay, beautiful. Now, as we are wrapping up, is there anything else we didn't talk about you want to cover before we, we shut this down? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Did we not <laughs> cover something though? I feel like we did really well with everything. Um, I, um, I, I, no, I got nothing. Nothing. Okay. Like well, in that case, I'm going to thank you so much, John. <laughs> this, this, you give a, ton, you gave a ton of advice. This was a wonderful uh, interview. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I could help. I'm glad I could help. All right. And on that note, I'm going to say go ahead and uh, you take care and we'll, you all, everybody else, you take it easy. Yeah, uh, have a great new year. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye now. See you later, man. 
hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing, and I'll send you this book. I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right. You all take it easy.